Blog Talk Radio. out there for him. 
Um, Aaron has Libra rising, and it makes him relationship-oriented. So not only is he a Libra, he also has Venus in Libra, and he also has uh, Libra rising. So he's a relationship-oriented guy, very fair-minded. He kind of prides himself on that. As a matter of fact, he can almost be, like, aggressively mediating. If he sees something that's not fair, that can really push his buttons. Um, he's getting ready right now to have a Saturn return, which means that while money maybe has been feeling um, a little tight for, the for say, the past little while, um, and it might for a little while longer, it's a process for him of, of maturing and um, of sort of discovering the way in which he's supposed to make money. On one level, he has a chart of someone who's very successful, um, where he's extremely hardworking, he has Moon and Capricorn, he can be very practical, but he has Mercury and Scorpio and Pluto and Scorpio and Saturn and Scorpio. So he also has a very intense side and really strong values. And he, I guess he could be... I don't want to say angry, angered in a bad way, but he could be angered again by when he sees people that don't have good values. So a part of, you know, what it is that he's really looking to do in life is to be able to acquire and share and build something with another person. He has his destiny point in Taurus, which is about monetary wealth at some level, but it's in the eighth house. So it's about um, also like, Jointly held bank account, jointly held property, owning a house with someone, um, things like that are, are things that he's very interested in, very interested in um, in, in learning about and, and in, in sort of experiencing. Uh, I don't know if he has children already. Does he have children? No, but that keeps coming up. They keep asking if me and him have two kids. There's supposedly there's two kids that are around me right now. Uh-huh. Does that mean that they're just like hanging out, like waiting? <laughs> uh, on some level, yeah. I mean, it's something that he would like to do. I guess is it something he wants? His kids? Yeah, he mentioned that. Yeah, I, I mean, I see children. I see children in his chart, so I think it's important for him to be able to explore that. Um, you know, it, it hasn't been an easy few years, really. I mean, he's he's felt in the last couple of years a little off, a little low energy, like things have been very serious and a little heavy. And, um, you know, it, it continues like that for about another year, but the process is really about him focusing on these shared resources, be able to join his life with someone else. I, if I, I imagine that that's you. And how long have you been going out with him? Over two years. Yeah, that fits with it, with his chart, and it's a good amount of time, and it's something that I think he's probably strongly thinking about. Um, he needs to have strong amount of trust in you, so hopefully he does have that, and um, he needs a lot of space to work. He must be very hard working. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. Because the ruler of his midheaven is the moon, which the midheaven rules his career, and he has moon and Capricorn, so he's a very practical, hard-working man with, with you know, generous. He's got a generous spirit, also. As far as just things that are coming up for him, you know, that's again, like I said, pretty much his business. Um, I can just say generally, it doesn't look bad. His chart actually looks pretty good. Um, except for some financial where he feels financially pinched a little bit. 
Um, most of the rest of his chart is really quite nice. He's actually going to go into a really big career expansion this summer. So that's something he can look forward to is he'll be making more money. He could get a promotion. Um, he could get a raise. He's, he could expand his existing business. Um, his existing clients, whatever it is that he does for work, it's going to grow beginning June, July. So he should look out for that right at the last week of June, July 4th is when he's going to really start to accelerate his, uh, his business and his, uh, his reputation at work, whatever that is, it's going to be very positive and very good. Well, see what I was thinking that we were going to be able to do is I'm, um, getting, I'm going to be starting my own business, and I thought that we were going to be able to work together on that. Does that uh-huh. look good? Say it again. Does that look good for me and him owning to our own business? To be able to start your business together, I would definitely yeah. do that in the summer. That's when I would do that. I would launch it in the summer make all your plans now. Okay. Because awesome. he has a really, really good lucky thing for this summer. All right? Awesome. Awesome. Listen, it was great to talk to you. Well, I appreciate it. I'll listen You're to welcome. your show. Okay. okay. Bye bye. So as I said, I don't know that I'm going to be taking very many callers tonight, and I did just want to take that caller because she had asked me to read for her boyfriend there, who's at work, and a shout out to him. I hope he gets a chance to hear that reading in the archives. I want to spend and go back and just spend one minute um, doing the Global Energy Minute because it's really important. And um, the one thing that really stands out for me, it's kind of exciting, is that um, three of our current planets are in water signs that are are in the three different water signs. Actually, we have a lot of water in the chart. The Sun, Pisces, Moon, Cancer, Mercury, Pisces, Mars, Pisces, Saturn, Scorpio, Neptune, Pisces. That's a lot of water. So if we're feeling pretty emotional these days, if we're feeling you know, connected on an emotional level to people, if we feel like sacrificing, nurturing, taking care of others. If we feel particularly a heightened sense of intuition, it's because there's so much water. But today, there was actually a grand trine in water between Saturn and Scorpio, Mercury and Pisces, and the Moon and Cancer. And it was really nice. I mean, the Moon is in its ruling sign right now, which is which is really kind of nice. And, you know, this this grand trine between Mercury and Saturn and the Moon... I think is a very um uh like the uh, the level of psychic communication that it's possible for us to have right now with each other and with our guides on the other side is extremely heightened. So that's one thing that I clearly see in the global energy and the sun is conjunct Neptune. So outside of the Grand Trine in water, the Sun and Neptune are both at 2 and 3 degrees Pisces. So there's even more energy for empathy and compassion and psychic phenomenon. So if you've been noticing that you're picking up on things, that your dreams are very vivid, I've been hearing a lot about people having kind of disturbing dreams, meaning that they're they're just waking them up because they're so clear and vivid, it's because right now we're really tapped into the collective unconscious. It's super exciting time uh venus is in aquarius this is so nice it's about friends and loving friendships and jupiter is moving ahead finally in um gemini keeping it light keeping it funny that square between uranus and pluto still a little bit wide but it's getting there i'm thinking about doing a special show 
maybe in an afternoon during the week, not during our uh, our Thursday night time. I'm thinking of putting together a special show um, where I can tell you all about the transits for 2013. I realized I had done that show at the beginning of 2012. And when I was looking back at my show list, and I and then I said, oh, I, I should do that at the beginning of 2013. So you can expect perhaps next week, I think, I will be uh, telling you when that show is going to air because uh, people like that show, and we're going to be doing a show on what are the major transits of 2013, when are those dates, and what to look out for. Um, and that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig. I um, I'm going to be talking tonight about um, the fifth house in astrology. It's the house uh, ruled by Leo. It's the house ruled by play and creativity and art. And what I would love to do is be able to bring on a friend of mine, actually a fan of the show, um, somebody who I've known for over a year, somebody who actually uh, encouraged me, to uh, to do the show, and the show has definitely grown, and I'm very appreciative of her influence. A fine and excellent photographer from the city of New Orleans, I'd like to welcome Mary Lou Uttermolen to the show tonight. Mary Lou, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Hi, how are you? That's a sweet thing to say. <laughs> well, it's a true thing to say. <laughs> well, I'm honored and humbled. Well, me too. And I've been wanting to have you on the show, and this fit in perfectly, because I know, you know, you're not an astrologer, but you are somebody that works with the creative process, and so am I, uh, as an author, and, um, you know, also as an astrologer. And the fifth house is also about children, and you have children, and so do I. And it's a process not only of creating them, but of assisting them with their creativity. So I guess, um, you know, I have a couple of questions. I know that we didn't really get a chance to say review in advance, but I didn't really think we needed that because my show's kind of easy and light, and I'm not going to throw any curveballs. Okay. I guess first, maybe talk to me a little bit about photography and how you got interested in photography. Um, I got into I got into photography because I was in art school, and I wanted to paint better paintings. Okay. So I had to take a photography course to get my graphic design degree, and and I thought, well, great, I'll take good pictures for better paintings, and then I was too lazy to make the paintings and decided to just make good pictures. <laughs> well, you know, I've seen some of your work, and your work is available for people who want to go and find it on Facebook, right? Do you have a Facebook page where I, people might? I do. I have a Facebook page, and uh, it's probably easier if you go to my commercial website because do that. the only way you can find me on Facebook is to spell my long last name. But do that. Why don't you tell us about your 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 photography page? What's that website? The website is www.marylou.us. M-A-R-Y-L-O-U.us, as in United States. That's it. That's the whole address. That's perfect. So if you want to check out Mary Lou's exceptionally talented work, you would go to marylou.us. So photography was something that you sort of stumbled upon because you 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 kind of felt like you would get uh, a better art out of it. Did you find that you did? Did you get better art out of it? Um, what happened is um, in college I was doing better than the people that were majoring in it. 
Yeah. And uh, I was competing in uh, shows because I found that if you do juried shows, you would get money. Okay. And if you get money, you can put it back into buying art supplies. Right. So I did a lot of contests, and I was winning a lot. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, it it was an kind of like an ego thing. The more attention you get, the more you want, and it goes from there. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, what's your sun sign again? I'm a Libra. A uh, Libra, right. So um, I feel like the, that when we do creative projects, that we're always looking for some amount of recognition and praise. It's like having children, right? You want someone to tell you how awesome they are. And that goes along with Leo. So there is an interesting certain amount of pride that comes about from our own creative process. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. But and then and and positive feedback often helps facilitate the creative process and you know, it moves it forward. Right. Yeah. Because we all like to have our egos stroked. Yeah, I definitely find that to be true myself. If I write something and I get positive feedback from whoever I wrote it for, or if I complete a you know a whole book project and it sells well, it's always sort of like, oh, this is great, you know, I can do that again. Because part of spirituality says that we're supposed to do, cre- we create simply for the sake of creating, not for any specific outcome. And yet there there's also the 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 notion that we're doing creativity so that we can be recognized, and I think that's an important part of the fifth house and you know in it, from an astrologer's perspective, whenever I see somebody has planets in the fifth house, I'm always like, okay, you're looking for some amount of notoriety, and um I think that's true of most artists. I don't think anyone really wants to do their art so that it can sit on the shelf and get dust. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when you set out to do a project, when you set out to do, you know, any any of the, say, different um, art projects that you've done where you have a collection, um, whether it's family or nature, whether it's, you know, the big project that you did about people who are, um, I guess, uh, homeless. Is that the right word? Yes. Yeah. So you did a big project, a very, um, you know, uh, urban conscious project about homelessness. And whenever you're setting out to do one of those projects, where do you think the original ideas come from? What inspires you? You know, I think you get this feeling like you can't not do something. Like you can't not, when that particular project, I, I moved to Miami and I saw homeless people who built homes. And I wanted to know what their experience was and what their stories. Uh-huh. So uh, it's like I can't not know this information. I have to know. And not, and not only have to know, but I have to share it. Right. And there's this feeling like I can't not do this. It's not easy to do, but at the same time, it's hard not to do it. Yes. It almost feels impossible not to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting, I think, aspect of fire, you know, elementally an aspect of fire, that it's about enthusiasm and motivation and what what moves us. 
and I know I've said this on the show before, but and but and enthusiasm comes from entheistic, which means God's on the inside. So literally, when we feel enthusiastic by someone for about something, the the root of the word is that God is with us or God is inside of us. And that we're always, not, you know, not to be too freaky and spiritual, but that's the truth of it. It's like we, it's the idea behind having a calling. You know, you don't resist that. You feel, you feel almost obsessed to, to, to get it out of you. Right. But yeah. you can do like the job of photography methodically and business-like uh-huh. and it not be a passion and it not be an obsession yeah, and then the other, the flip side of that is creating is more important than making money. But that's why I have you on my show, because you know you're you're an artist, and what you're really trying to do is bring your vision out and share it with others. At least that's how I see your work, and I and I and I, you know, I'm not offering you any kind of false flattery or anything. I'm just saying that. Regardless of how known or not known or whatever you are, you, people can tell when they look at your work that it is inspired and that you were motivated and that it is something that you that you really feel you needed to get out of you. And that's something that, you know, it, it's like we don't just do it for the sake of doing it. You know, we do it because it has purpose. We burn with it. We burn with some kind of passion for creating that thing. I think I think sometimes people, um, you know, have that, and sometimes they don't. But as you were saying, if photography or writing or anything like that is methodical, it's not the fifth house. It's not real creativity. It's it's. Um, you know, just done for whatever, the money or whatever, or just the mechanical experience. Huh? Because it's a job and you have to pay your bills. Correct. And it can easily, you can easily look at it as a job and not care, just get the job done, go and do it and be out of there. But uh, that's totally different than if you're doing a project that you're invested in. Right. Right. So, you know, it just makes me want to ask you a question about doing a good job or impressing others maybe, but not really so much from impressing others. But the fifth house is, is, is somehow the creative process is playful. I want to talk about that a little bit with you also, that creativity comes from playing around basically, like there's play involved in creating. Otherwise, it's that more mechanical method. But, um, and gosh, I have a lot of questions for you. But one of them is, is really about the, the sticking with that notoriety that um, that the person that's creating wants to be noticed. And in wanting to be noticed, they want to feel like they're really good at it. Do you ever do you have anything do you have to follow what it is that I'm saying? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, people like me get obsessed with doing a particular segment of what they do better than the next guy. Right. And they'll keep doing it and keep screwing up and making mistakes until they figured out what works and what doesn't work. Right. 
Yeah, I think that's extremely interesting because it's it's the notion again from in astrology from Leo where we're creating to be leaders. There's a there's a there's an energy about it where we're not just creating for the sake of creating and like putting it in a box and no one's ever going to see it. We're creating it to share, to create that experience for others and to actually be leaders of some kind. You know, the word doesn't have to be, you don't have to be president to be a leader, but to be able to, like, show the way on a new form, a new creative outlet, or um, or some kind of process that we're sharing with others. And I think that that's where that comes from, it comes from that need to share what it is that we have that Leo needs an audience. You know, we don't just do the creative process so that it can sit in a vacuum and not be noticed by others. Right, but I think when you're you're in the middle of it all, I don't think you necessarily know what it is. I mean, you can you can write your your artist statements and you can write about it, but Right. Really what's going on is usually bigger and deeper than what you can verbalize. Absolutely. And, and sometimes I think the person in the creative mode doesn't get it as well as the people that are on the outside looking in. Absolutely. That's one reason why the artist has such a hard time describing their own work. Well, some can talk about it and do a really good job and their work isn't very good. And then others have great work and can't put put it, can't verbally describe it as well as as the people of right, as the, as the as people the that are talking about. Right? Yeah, and don't you feel that that has something to do with the spirit that moves through you while the creative process is going on? Like the spirit, like you know, you, as a writer, I can look back on something that I've written and I can say to myself, "I wrote that." Like you can see where the spirit is there where it's like playing the piano and all of a sudden it's like something else takes over and you finish a piece and you're like, I never played that like that. Like you get out of your way somehow and the spirit moves through. Do you, do you recognize that in your work? Yeah, absolutely. When um, when I was taking my very first picture, I remember not feeling very good and right. wanting to get an A. And uh, I think I prayed my butt off that I'd do a good job. And the and I took like, I don't know, a roller to a film back in those days. And uh, one of the pictures that I took that I really prayed hard on, you know, that it would be in focus and exposed correctly. Right. It, it ended up in all kinds of shows around the country and uh, got lots of awards and made money. And it was like the fifth picture I'd ever taken in my life. Right. And And I always remembered or always felt it's a reason, like, I didn't take the picture at all. Someone else took it. I was just there praying my butt off that I didn't look stupid, you know, if that makes Yeah, no, I, I get it. And it, I, I'm always astounded by that. I feel like, I feel like uh, you know, writer's block or artist's block or photographer's block, for that matter, is when you lose that sense, that magical sense, and then allow that thing to come into you and and create alongside of you. This, again, has to do with elementally fire, that fire is coming from, you know, a very high source. It's the, it's the seed of 
um, inspiration and motivation and and really the excitement that we have for life. And that's coming from a fiery part of us, and that fire is connected to that greater source of fire, um, that spirit that's outside of us and inside of us. And when we allow our own personality and ego to get in touch with that, um, that's when that magic happens because we allow it to co-create with us, which is really what that process is about. Right. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. You have to um, you know, share some some more of your your photographs with me. I would love to see some more. Well, check out my website. <laughs> I will. I have actually. I have. I've gone to your website. Um the you know that that was one big thing that I wanted to talk about was um was the spiritual connection behind uh the creative process and um I feel like that's probably like the biggest part of this topic for me is how 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 do we how do we make space for that how do you make space for that in in your art like in other words are you do you ever feel like you have a creative block do you ever feel like you get to a place where you're more like in your way oh absolutely i mean i've been i've been trying to get the homeless project done and move on to something else for so many years that i cannot i can't get i can't get that project finished in out the door, and I can't seem to get another one going because I'm still stuck uh-huh. at the, end of, the tail end of this big one. And uh, that's beginning to move all of a sudden. And don't ask me why because I don't understand why. I don't understand why you're blocked sometimes, and other times everything just falls into place. Because uh-huh. especially with photography, you can set things up, but when things come into alignment and it's just there waiting for you and the light's bright, and the people are right, and the people are willing, and, and everything's just there waiting for you. That's different than trying to create something out of it's nothing. Out of nothing. Right. Yeah. Even though they try and do that all the time in television. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but there's a big magic. There's a big magic. There's a difference between something that has a lot of magic to it and something that's so forced that it doesn't have that that power. I mean, in, in Hollywood, they're making movies all the time. Not all the movies that they make are ones that you'll ever want to watch twice. And then there'll be a movie that comes Hardly along. Hardly any of them. <laughs> and there's a movie that comes along that, that affects you down to your soul that you'll watch over and over and over again to the point that you can quote the lines from it. Yeah. And it and it can change your life because it changes the way you think and feel and you perceive life. Yeah, and, and, and absolutely. That, and we those that, things are inspired by the people who put their creativity in. And it's, it's I brought up TV because you see it happen in a series. You know, a series starts out so great or a hit series, and then by you know year four, five, six, seven, they've they're forcing the creative process. The actual project doesn't have any more creativity behind it. It's sort of used it up. They don't know how to recreate it. They don't know how to breathe life into it, and the series ends. But those, sometimes those last 
you know, years of a series if they don't know when to cut them off in time are just terrible because it's all about forcing it for, you know, financial gain as opposed to the real process of continuing to create something new and exciting for the audience. I think um, Happy Days had a, um, a phrase that described that, jumping the shark. Uh-huh. They, had, they had an episode where an episode where they had a shark that jumped something. Right. And it was like the pinnacle of really bad idea. And right. the series is so dead now. <laughs> so in, I think in TV they used to always talk about Oh boy, don't jump the shark. Or right. Something. It is an expression. Yep. <laughs> For which something is burned out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think artists in general need to continue to recreate and re get inspired by different facets of work. They need to travel or expose themselves to new people. It's those things that um, also stimulate creativity, like exposure to the environment. And, and many artists have have gone on journeys and connected with different social groups of people or had muses or different people that have inspired the creative process. Do you find that you do that? Or are there things that you do like that that you think can help... Um, accelerate or benefit the process for you? You know, sometimes when I'm working, I can be honest with you, there are days where I feel like um, I'm having a personal experience that will never translate into my work. Right. And, and it is so awesome that it, it it's, it's not even possible to ever share it. You know, like if you're in a place with unusual people and the light is a certain way and the people are a certain way, even if you photograph it, you can never capture it. It the experience is so much bigger than anything you can photograph. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make I sense? I believe that. Yeah. I, I think I think that, that I think that, interestingly like that that's saying that, you know, we struggle also with the creative process you know we we struggle with it because at some level it pales in comparison to the experience of living i think that people try and sing songs and take photographs and and write books and sculpt and paint in order to be able to capture the experience they're having and share it with others and the reason that we have to keep doing it over and over and over again is because it barely comes close to what the individual is actually experiencing. And then the flip side of that is, which is very interesting to experience, when you're creating something like that, you'll feel like it's not good enough, it's not good enough, it's not good enough. You walk away from it, and then you'll see it much further down the road, and you're thinking, darn, that was good. I had right. no idea. Right. Yeah. But at the time you created it, you thought, man, it's just, this is really bad. Because you can't see the God in it when you're that close to it. You know, you can't, you can't, you just can't see it. And we're, our humanness causes us to judge the process rather than just accept the beautiful thing that it is. I always find it really interesting that, that that's a part of what we're here to do is create 
to be able to express experience. And yet, for instance, if someone writes a song about about getting their heart broke, even that song, uh, you know, which we can relate to, it it does it can't adequately express the actual experience of having a broken heart. Experiencing that is so much more complicated than the song or any piece of art that's ever tried to capture that experience or any other experience for that matter. Yet we all try, we all try to convey, you know, love and hurt and beauty and pain and suffering and all kinds of human experiences into creative art. It's pretty dynamic. I think that's part of the transition, actually, between the fourth house and the fifth, is that the fourth is all about our emotional experience, and the fifth is all about expressing it. And so, you know, creativity comes out of our emotional experience. It must have something to do with what um, with what motivates us, right? Our emotional experience. I guess. I can't say as I understand it all. Just, you know, you you feel, you said you feel motivated or you feel drawn or you feel compelled, you feel obsessed. Don't you think think that some of the, don't you think that some of that, some of the obsession comes from an emotional attachment to what it is that you want to create, like you're emotionally moved by it? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what's going to give me the... That's what's going to give me the best result. Yeah. If you tell me that I have to photograph an assignment on XYZ and I'm not into it and I'm not a believer in it, I'm not going to give you the same result as something that I am personally involved in. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I guess it's difficult to commission someone to do something for you because then it, it goes back to something, you know, that they have to be truly motivated by it in order to be able to create something amazing. Well, it depends on if you're commissioning them to do a style that they're that they yeah, like. Of course. Or a style that they don't like. Right. Right. Yep. Mary Lou, it's so good to have you on the show. Finally. Yay. I was scared. I was afraid you're gonna ask me some question that I I have no, no answer. No, I you know, when when you have someone on, when you have a guest on your show, um, you know, I think it's partly picking the guest. I think we I think we actually did say you, you, you said some very interesting things for me that I thought were, were very stimulating and even this last thing that I said about connecting um, uh, the emotional life to to the creative experience from the fourth to fifth house, even that, from an astrological standpoint, that was stimulated by the conversation that I just had with you. So that's creativity right there in action, is is that my own creative enthusiasm, say for astrology, was stimulated by your enthusiasm for art and photography. And um, that's right there why I wanted to have you on this particular show, because for me, I just demonstrated it to myself, you know, and the the people who will listen to the show, but you and I just did that, because that whole thought that I had at the end was completely organic. I had never thought that before. If you're not creative with uh, how you use your tools in astrology, 
then you're just mechanically exactly you're, you're not doing anything. Correct. You can't give a good reading if if it if you're just coming from a mechanical place. And that's exactly right because astrology is an art. And it's the same as a lot of different art forms. You know, it could be a healing art. It could be something like acupuncture or chiropractic or whatever. Yeah, you can learn all of the the rote things about sticking someone with a needle or about cracking their bones. But if you bring a creative process to that and it's not just about a, a mechanism, that's when you're going to really manifest something beautiful. When you're outside of your comfort zone and you're going to the next level. Correct. Mary Lou, so good to talk to you, and thanks so much for being on the Inside Connection. Thank you. You're welcome, hon. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Good night. Bye-bye. Well, that was a particularly awesome treat. I want to thank Mary Lou again for being on the show with me. That was terrific, and um, I hope everybody enjoyed that show. I'm going to leave you tonight with Cosmic Love. My name is Dr. Craig Martin, and I will see you next Thursday, 8 p.m. on the Inside Connection. Bye-bye.